so the main thing I hear is that they feel stuck. They don't feel challenged in their positions anymore. They feel that something is missing. They feel that maybe they're missing out on opportunities out there. And they're constantly thinking maybe the grass is greener out there. So what should I do? How can I keep growing? How can I keep making an impact? How can I keep making sure that I'm not missing on the things that are out there? And they have no idea how to do it. Welcome back, everyone, to the Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization Show, the home of Googleization Nation, where we talk with HR and business thought leaders about the crazy shift going on in the world of business, technology, and HR. Here's your host, Ira Wolf. Welcome to another episode of Geek Skeezers Googleization, a show from the People Forward Network. I'm Jason Cochran. Ira is away today, but he'll be back with us next week. Thank you for being part of Googleization Nation. If you think this is just another podcast, think again. We're the heart and soul of crucial conversations focused on helping you reimagine your tomorrow and exploring the convergence of technology, people, and work. On today's episode, you're going to hear from neuroscientist, business professor, and executive coach, Dr. Lubna Iraji as we discuss high achievers considering career transitions. In September of 2021, MIT Sloan Management Review listed the 10 things that your corporate culture needs to get right that matter the most to your employees. This also includes your executives. Their research summarized the factors that best predict whether employees love or loathe their companies. And number one on that list by a huge margin was respect. And this is how they defined respect. Being treated with consideration, courtesy, and dignity, and that your perspectives are being taken seriously. And let's be honest, this last year we've seen a record number quits, people quitting their jobs in the economy, and not all of those were simply frontline workers. A February article from the New York Times indicated that many top executives left their jobs too, and they didn't have to worry as much about how to pay their bills. Their decisions were driven more by a mix of needing a break, reassessing the role of work in their lives, or wanting to pursue new ventures. In short, you could say they were searching for it. And this is precisely why we're ecstatic to have Dr. Lubna Araji as our honored guest today on the show. We're going to discuss what that it is and how high achievers and executives can either find it or make it. So before we bring Lubna on, here's a little bit about her in her journey. She is an ICF certified executive coach, neuroscientist, adjunct professor, and management consultant with more than 20 years of global experience encompassing scientific research, teaching, consulting, and coaching. Based out of New York City in the New Jersey area, she frequently travels abroad and her work has spanned the globe across US, Europe, and North Africa. Some of her clients are leaders at Fortune 500 companies in healthcare, banking, financial services, technology, higher education, and more working with the likes of UBS, IBM, Prudential, Deloitte, Mondelez, Merck, AbbVie, BMS, just to name a few. And she's also the founder and CEO of her own consulting company called Advances Consulting, where she provides services to organizations and individuals committed to creating impactful leadership and high-performance environments. So without further ado, let's go ahead and welcome Lubna to the Geek, Skeezers, and Googleization show. Hi, Jason. 
Hi, Lubna. It's so good to have you here today with us. Thank you for being part of the show and sharing your knowledge with our listeners today. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And so let's go ahead and start here. You've got a fascinating journey. Obviously, we just went through the various roles that you have in your life, many of which many folks would be like, wow, a neuroscientist, but then also a business professor and then also a consultant and a coach. That is a lot. How did you get to this point of doing the work that you do? That's a great question. So this is, this is, I think, what we will be covering at some point, but I'll start with myself, I guess. So in my early, in my early years, you know, within my career, I didn't take any time to reflect on what I really wanted to do, who I really wanted to be. I had some dreams when I was little and I had to switch gears for multiple reasons. And, and in my adult years, I, I don't think I took the time to reflect and think really thoroughly, right? And it didn't happen until about, I would say, six, seven years when I went through a challenge at work. I went through a challenge in my personal life. And I worked with a coach and we established my, my career journey, my life journey together. And that's what we will be talking about a little bit, right? And combining everything from what I've done in the past, all those experiences I've had in multiple industries, occupying different roles, everything has helped me in some way, uh, you know, and supported me do the work I'm doing today and support the people I'm working with. That's great. You know, when I was a kid, my dream of what I wanted to be when I grew up was a truck driver. I've actually got a cassette tape my parents do. We had something in kindergarten or first grade when I was in school where they recorded each kid and we spoke into a microphone and recorded it on cassette tape. I'm actually, you know, aging myself here. But, you know, I said, I want to be a truck driver. And then here are my reasons why. Well, obviously, I'm, I'm not a truck driver today. I'm doing something completely different. I'm curious for you. Were there certain aspirations that you had as a kid that you are doing right now? Or is your journey completely different from what you were expecting? Yes, yes. So there's one aspect that's a little bit a funny one. But I think somehow in, in our subconscious, there are things that stay there our whole life. And if we don't follow our passion and those dreams that we have, they keep coming back, right? Because as you know... The subconscious mind controls more than 90% of our thoughts, of our behaviors. And, and one way or the other, those dreams will come to surface. And I was going to ask you the same question, Jason. I was going to ask you if you bought a truck or if you did anything. <laughs> I did have a pickup truck when I was in high school. Here so I got go. to live that dream a little bit. Now I just cart around my four sons. And my wife most of the time. So I guess, you know, I technically could go buy a truck to fit our large family in it. But yeah, maybe it has to do more with the freedom of being out on the road. Yes. So, so let me go back to your question. So one of my dreams was to become a pharmacist and more specifically focus on cosmetology, right? The science behind, you know, developing, developing beauty products. And I was very passionate about organic chemistry, I was super fascinated. But it didn't happen because when I graduated high school, I was 16, 16 and a half. And my parents didn't want me to go to another country to study that. 
So this is what happened. And a few years ago, actually, when I started working at Rutgers Business School, I started teaching in the Masters of Business of Fashion, and I'm still teaching the students in the business of fashion. And we bring guest speakers in the beauty industry, the fashion industry. So somehow, you know, some people were asking me, yeah, what's the connection? I mean, you don't have any fashion fashion experience or expertise, but somehow there's something that stayed in the back of my mind and I could relate. I'm like, of course, I can teach. I can teach these students. And in any case, the courses I teach, they're, they're, they're on management and entrepreneurship and branding. So it's still business related, uh, related courses, but I'm, I'm still fascinated, fascinated by the beauty and fashion uh, aspect. So, yeah. I love that. So you've, you've figured out a way to take something that you're so passionate about into, (laughs) you know, kind of like this bigger umbrella of the work that you're doing in the world. I'm curious in, in the stories you've heard with clients that you you've worked with, And in a little bit, we're going to get more into the specifics, the tips, the specific work that you do to help executives transition. But I'm curious, with those executives that you've worked with, what often are some of the the obstacles or the barriers that you hear from them that get them thinking, why am I not living my dream? What's getting in the way? So the main thing I hear is that they feel stuck. They don't feel challenged in their positions anymore. They feel that something is missing. They feel that maybe they're missing out on opportunities out there. And they're constantly thinking maybe the grass is greener out there. So what should I do? How can I keep growing? How can I keep making an impact? How can I keep making sure that I'm not missing on the things that are out there? And they have no idea how to do it. So I would say this is like the main roadblock. Some people try to figure things out, but at the end of the day, it's about taking a step back and looking at their current situation and 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 starting by being aware that things are not functioning the way they should be. So I would say, yes, while they're looking at those roadblocks road and And facing those challenges, I mean, the first step is to be aware that something is not working, right? And then trying to figure out what to do, ask around, and yeah, and then work on it. That's great. And so being aware is really important as the first step. Mm -hmm. Are there kind of like sure tell signs for people to know and understand to be like, oh, if I'm feeling or I'm acting a certain way, it's kind of a red flag that it might be time for me to start thinking about a transition. Yes. Usually it's when the motivation is going down, when people are feeling that their energy levels are going down, they feel drained, they feel unmotivated, and it starts reflecting on other areas of their life. Okay, because, yeah, like I tell my clients or that I keep repeating when I have discussions, we we can focus on the job aspect. We focus on the career aspect. But at the end of the day, we are humans and we have different areas of our lives. Right. The relationship aspect, the health and wellness, the financial aspect, you know, self-love, partner love. There are there are different areas in our life that sometimes we just dismiss. And one of the things 
I have my clients look, I mean, the very first thing they look at is the wheel of life. I ask them to rate themselves on a scale of zero to 10 in each area. And then they rate themselves after we work together or a few months later, and they start seeing the change, which is fascinating. Yeah. That's fat. So I've got to learn a little bit more about the wheel of life. I'm sure this has got our, our listeners interested as well. Can you walk us through kind of a little bit more specifics as to what that wheel of life is and how it helps in this process of figuring out if it's time for a transition? Yes. So basically, basically when you, so like I said, the wheel of life has eight different components. Okay. So the social aspect, the self-love, partner love, financial the financial, the financial aspect, the career, the job, and and you rate yourself. And what I noticed with my clients, sometimes they focus more on two or three areas and they neglect the rest, right? And what happens is that they start noticing an imbalance. They're not feeling happy. They're feeling like a lack of energy, a lack of interest, lack of motivation, like I mentioned earlier. And, and that's, that's, that's where people need to start asking themselves the right questions, okay? And most of us, I mean, we weren't taught to just take a step back and ask ourselves questions. Oh, why, why am I feeling this way? Why, am, why is this thing bothering me? And then you keep asking like series of why questions at three or four levels. And then you start getting to the root of the problem. Because sometimes you would say, oh, you know what? I'm feeling, I'm feeling down. I'm not having this communication process with my kids, with my spouse. And then you start digging further. And then you realize that there's a problem, big problem at work. And then it's impacting your, your, your personal relationships, your social interactions. It's impacting your health and wellness. Because think about it. When people wake up in the morning thinking about the same thing that's bothering them at work, and they go to bed thinking about the same thing, I mean, it's, that's the beginning of depression. That's the beginning of anxiety. That's the beginning of many conditions that, I mean, we don't take time to think about that, right? And we're just like, oh, it's okay. Just let's keep going. It will change. It will be fine. No, it doesn't get better if we don't take a proactive approach and we start dissecting and looking for the root cause of the problem. That's so fascinating. (laughs) And I'm curious, Lubna, in your work, have you seen that that particular aspect of like work bleeding into more aspects of your life and how you feel about yourself, has that become amplified even more since COVID hit where a lot of those traditional lines of work and personal life have become blurred? Has that introduced some additional complexity into this issue too? Yes. Yes. I would say a little bit because what happened with COVID, there was a different aspect related to additional anxiety, you know, with the volat- with the volatility, the uncertainty, the ambiguity that, that people had, they started asking themselves more questions, but they were, they were going down the road of having a negative mindset, right? What if 
I lose my job? What if I don't get that promotion? What if I cannot support my kids who are going to college? You know, and they start going down the drain and they don't even realize it because of the environment that we we were all in and some people are still in, right? And then you're hearing people talk negatively. You're listening to the news and everything is negative. Everything is depressing, right? So actually one of the things I work on with my clients, like the very first thing, is to perform self-discovery process, okay? And part of that self-discovery process includes also looking at the limiting beliefs, the, the blocks, the fears, right? Because the volatility in the environment, the ambiguity creates anxiety. And when we start thinking negatively, everything is impacted afterwards, right? Our thoughts become our behaviors, our behaviors become actions. So everything trickles down and you want to stop that and nip it in the bud right away, right? I mean, it's not easy. It's not a magic wand. But again, I'll go back to the awareness aspect. When people are aware that they're thinking negatively and they're, they, they react right away and they tell themselves, okay, this is a negative thought. I need to stop it. Let's think positively. It's not always easy, okay? I'm not saying it's super easy. But the more we do it, the easier it gets. And then we start catching up to that. Okay. So, yeah. I love that. And it makes so much sense in terms of the self-discovery, like you've got to be in tune with your own emotions and what's going on internally. I saw you post something fascinating on LinkedIn the other day about doing a personal SWOT analysis. Mm, That's kind of part of this, this process. And for those of our listeners who may not be aware of what a SWOT is, typically in business, a SWOT is, it stands for S-W-O-T. And those letters stand for strength, weakness, opportunity, and threat. basically to evaluate your business or your idea, you know, where it can be positioned in the market. So I'm I'm really curious, Lubna, to hear, I've never heard of a personal SWOT analysis. Mm. Can you walk us through that and how that's part of your approach for this self-discovery? Sure. So before we go to the SWOT, so clients go through the self-discovery process. We work on self-assessments. We start removing and working on limiting beliefs. And then they perform a SWOT analysis, okay? So the way to think about it, I mean, usually companies perform SWOT analysis on marketing products, right? When they're in the middle of marketing a product, that's what they do. They need to know what, yeah, what are the additional features that this product is bringing to market? How are they going to position the product? The same way. We need to think about our career. We need to think about ourselves the same way and perform personal SWOT analysis. Why? Once you do that, you can, you can have a view or an overview of how you stand out as a potential candidate, okay? How you stand out from the crowd, from the competition, and you can position yourself if you have some gaps, right? So you do the SWOT, you do the gap analysis, and you make sure that you're feeling this gap, right? And making sure that you're pursuing your dreams, you're pursuing your dream job, etc., etc. So let's go back to the SWOT. So the strengths. Yes, you want to know what you're bringing to the table. What distinguishes you from, from other candidates? And usually when you have a position, you have hundreds of people who are applying. How do you stand out? Okay, so you look at the, the hard skills and the soft skills. 
now it's not just about having the technical skills and knowing how to do things, but you need to be able to have great communication skills, great, great personality, be able to build relationships. And you and I know that, especially in these times, you get to have a great network that supports you. So that's part of the soft skills that, you know, we need to build as well. So, yes, so the strengths, hard skills, soft skills, and see what are the requirements for each position and try to match, okay, and see what you're bringing to the table and what you're lacking. The weaknesses, I usually like to call them areas for improvement, okay? Nobody is perfect. None of us is perfect, right? We cannot have expertise in every area out there, right? So one way is to look at the areas for improvement and ask yourself, hmm, is this skill really, really needed? Is it something that I can fill up, you know, by doing a quick training within my company? Do I need to get an ex- another certification? Do I need to go back to school? I don't know. There are different things, right? So it depends on where where do you see yourself moving forward, okay? What's your vision? What are your goals for your career? And we will talk about that, okay? So uh, the areas for improvement and you start asking people around. You can ask your friends. You can ask your colleagues. Get some feedback because sometimes we don't we don't realize our, our shortcomings, right? You want to hear it from people. Ask for, you know, for constructive feedback, and then try to work on those things. Uh, Opportunities. Of course, you want to see what's out there. And when we talk about opportunities, there are usually not just, there isn't just one opportunity, okay? And what I tell my clients, sometimes when, when, when when they come to me, they think that they have only one option. No, there are always many options. And when we start opening our mind, and having a positive mindset, then our brain starts supporting us, right? It starts working for us and we start exploring what else is out there, all right? So when it comes to opportunities, ask around, connect with people, connect with previous colleagues, tell people what your goals are, and you never know. People will start reaching out, people will connect with you, and actually put it out there in the universe, all right? It's about manifesting. It's about asking for what we want. And when we really want something, things start happening for us, okay? Threats. So the threats could be things like, uh, I don't know, competition, right? It could be the competition. It could be that the job is not in the best geographic location, And basically, when you think about strengths and weaknesses, you think about them from an internal perspective. These are things we can control. The opportunities and the threats are usually external factors, right? And we have some type of control, but not as much as the strengths. That's absolutely brilliant. And it makes me think of something one of my business partners shared too. He always talks about control your controllables. That's Mm -hmm. from Eric Brandstetter. And it's always such a good reminder of, you know, don't worry as much about the, those threats, like you said, that you don't have control over, but you had, do have control over how you're positioning your strengths, where mm-hmm. you are finding 
asking other people where your areas for improvement and opportunity to grow are. And so those are the things that you that you really should be focused on and trying to get better. I'm curious. I've seen many people on LinkedIn now suggesting that you really don't need a resume anymore to get the job that you want. Do you do you agree with that or disagree with that? I know things have probably changed a little bit, but to what extent do you agree with that sentiment of a resume not being as important? I personally do not agree with that because the resume, okay, it's it's piece of paper, but that piece of paper is very important to connect with your future employer, right? It's a piece of paper that's going to convey your value proposition. It's a piece of paper that's going to help you position yourself and communicate the things you're bringing to the table, okay? All the projects you have worked on, everything you have achieved, and there are different ways of having a super helpful resume. And yes, I'm a big proponent of having a great resume that highlights the value proposition, that has a lot of information about what you have done and what you can do for a potential employer, all right? And, and it's a way to tell your personal and professional story, right? So, yeah, no. I I don't agree with that. And I don't even agree with the fact that people shouldn't send cover letters, you know, sometimes. So I know that more and more when people apply, they're not asked to send a cover letter. But think about it. If I had the choice and I've had I've been in that position in the past where I had to select people in my team and someone who put the extra effort to send me a cover letter and tell me about who they are, why they want that position, why should I consider them? I mean, I will select, if I had to pick between two candidates, I will pick the one who really wants it, who's really hungry for that position because I know that they will put their 100% effort to support the team and support the organization. So that's my point of view. I love it. Yeah, when I saw some of those posts on LinkedIn, and these were coming primarily from like chief marketing officers, mm. basically suggesting rely more on your network to get your next job. And if you've done a good job of building your network, then you don't need a resume. And when I saw that, I was kind of scratching my head like, I get the 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 emotion behind what you're sharing, like in terms of it is important to build out your network. But to yeah. suggest that you would you would only limit yourself to being able to work in places where you have a, a connection just yes. wouldn't seem like the wisest thing if you were transitioning into a new role mm-hmm. or trying to work somewhere else that you still yeah. really do need that resume done in a Definitely. proper way. Definitely. And I spend a lot of time working with my clients on their resume. Actually, it's mainly on the value proposition. So for me, the first section in a resume is the value proposition section. Okay. Or what some people call executive summary, but I call it value proposition. Why, sh- why should I even keep reading your resume if you don't mm. grab my attention right away? Okay? So basically, the first half page is the most important. And you get to tell me how many years of experience you have, what type of projects you worked on, what did you lead, what did you, what did you achieve, what type of clients, you know? Most of my clients have worked for Fortune 500 or 100, so I tell them, we need to have that in the value proposition. And I tell them to put some names because this is how people connect, right? 
I mean, it's not about it's not about bragging like I hear very often. We are positioning ourselves, and if we don't do it, nobody's going to do it better than us. And think about it, Jason. What we were discussing earlier: the hard skills and soft skills. Having a networking strategy is part of the soft skills, right? You're connecting, you're building relationships, you're, you know, positioning yourself in a way to tell people, you know what, think about me when something opens up. But on the other hand, you want to have, you want to remind them about what you're bringing to the table. And sometimes people forget. Even during the interview, I keep telling my clients, listen, you go to interview, you're going to talk about your value proposition, and I want you to say it at least three, four times because people forget, okay? They forget even during that, like, those 30 minutes of interview, right? You want to remind them that you're the best candidate and they should consider you. So, yeah, resume, uh-uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And we're going to take a quick commercial break here in just a minute, but before we get there, Lubna, is there a favorite success story that you have that you'd love to share with our audience of a transformation in helping someone navigate that career transition to their next dream? Oh, do you know what? You're giving me goosebumps here. I have so many success stories, you know, not to brag, but again, like I really care. I really care about seeing my clients transform. Okay. Everybody who goes through the program that I set up for them, you know, they go through transformation. They go through transformation. They reconnect with their purpose. They develop specific goals. They develop a vision. All those things are very, very important components. So once people do that, right, they have clear goals. They set, they set clear vision, short-term, long-term. They connect with their purpose. They want to make an impact then everybody transforms. And these are the type of clients that I love working with. Those who have a sense of purpose, those who want to be of service, those who have, yeah, they want to make an impact that's bigger than them. And I can think, yes, I can think of many, but I'll take the example of one of my clients who started working with me last year, actually. When, uh, when, uh, when we connected, she's, she's an executive within the healthcare industry. And when we connected, I mean, she's a high achiever. She has accomplished so much. And she had like a really, really negative mindset. And everything seemed unattainable. Her life was, you know, going down the drain. And she's like, oh my God, why did I make those choices? I wasted so much time. And we had to work a lot on her mindset, right? Mm -hmm. Before developing career goals and personal goals. And during, during our work together, every time she caught those negative, negative thoughts, she caught them right away, transformed them. And, and it started impacting her, her, her career. It started impacting her personal life and also some of the big goals that she had set up for herself to be financially financially free, okay? And she actually transitioned from a position within, within her own company. She got 20% salary increase and she's thriving with her new team. And actually we worked together also during the transition to prepare her to achieve success during the first 90 days. So 
That's wonderful. And there's so many people that are going through that right now, right? I, I can't help but imagine that over the last year or two, that things have probably just skyrocketed for you in terms of, you know, how many folks are looking for this, this concept of finding purpose and fulfillment. And yes. we're going to talk a little bit more about that on the other side of the commercial break. And then we're going to get into some lightning round questions to help our audience get to know you a little bit more Lubna, on a personal level. And so sure. stick with us, please. We'll be right back in one minute with a note from our sponsor. Change doesn't pick favorites. No matter who you are or where you live, the year 2020 was filled with one unexpected challenge after another. According to the authors of The Adaptation Advantage, we are incredibly well prepared for the past, but woefully unprepared for the future. That leaves millions of people feeling scared, worried, frustrated, and confused. Whether you're the owner of a business or a worker out of a job, adaptability is now an essential skill you need to ride the next wave of normal. The good news is, is that science shows that adaptability is learnable. Adaptability gives us the confidence and courage to think about change and embrace opportunity in the right way. Adaptability gives us hope for a better future. And goodness knows we need hope. Are you ready to embrace change and double down on your future? Contact Success Performance Solutions today to schedule a consultation about how you can reimagine your team's future, how you can begin to think about opportunity the right way. And welcome back, Googleization Nation. We are thrilled to have Dr. Lubna Iraji with us today, sharing her expertise around helping high achievers and executives with career transitions and finding their purpose and, and fulfillment in the world. And we've had a fascinating discussion on that so far. What we're going to do now is we're going to transition into what we call our, our lightning round of questions. And so these are going to help to get you, get you, the audience, to know Dr. Lubna a little bit better. And then we'll wrap up and, and talk a little bit about uh, her work and how you can get in touch with her to learn more. All right. So Lubna, here we go. You ready for the lightning round? Sure. <laughs> I promise. It doesn't have to be super fast responses. You can think about your responses. I promise. <laughs> All right. What was your hardest moment as a speaker? Oh, so, yeah. So I think five years ago when I joined Rutgers executive MBA program as a career director, career uh, coach, I, I was actually also teaching a couple of classes and the classes, I mean, we had 60, about 60 executives in, in the class and I was scared to death. I was like, oh my God, I need to teach these executives. I'm sure they know so much more than, than I am. They have more years of experience. So I had all these, you know, all these thoughts going on and, you know, I had to do it. I just stepped into the fire and yeah, and I loved it. You know, it's just the first, the first time when I try something new, I'm scared. I'm afraid. I'm not sure what's going to happen, but you know what? We need to step into the challenges. And since then it actually prepared me. It's prepared me a lot to what I'm doing now. Right. If you think about it, these are like different things that prepared me to, Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say, like, it sounds like you had to use some of your expert coaching on yourself in that moment to help you work through and overcome some of those fears. Oh, definitely. And you know what, Jason, like, I, 
I also work with coaches. I coach people and I constantly have at least one or two coaches supporting me in other areas because I also have those limiting beliefs. I need to keep myself in a good mindset, right? And yeah, it's human. It's a human. Absolutely. Often share. I'm a psychologist and I go to a psychologist to kind of help me work through some grief and loss of loved ones. And I wish everyone could have a coach or a psychologist or a consultant. So absolutely. All right, here we go. So, you know, if you think about it, all, all the, all the high achievers, all the famous people have coaches, all the players, right? The basketball players, they have, they have coaches because everything starts with the mindset, the mindset, the preparation, knowing what's out there, knowing how to face your fears, knowing how to prepare and be uh, operating at full potential. So, yeah. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Okay, here we go. Question number two of the lightning round. What did you think that you would be when you would grow up? Oh, actually, yeah, like I said earlier, I I wanted to be a pharmacist. You know what, which brings me to something else. You know, the question you asked me earlier, being a pharmacist, I have worked in the pharma industry for many years. So in some way, I have achieved my dream, you know. There you go. Yeah, the little girl's dream. Yeah. I worked in the pharma industry. I have, you know, promoted drugs. I worked on strategy planning, marketing projects. So I did a lot within the pharma industry. I wasn't a pharmacist. Yeah. Awesome. That's so cool. And I also wanted to be professor, which which I have achieved. So that's good. (laughs) So you've done it. That's awesome. What What would your classmates be surprised about seeing you now? Seeing that I'm not shy anymore, I used to be so scared to speak up in class. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would I'm be the shy. same for I'm... me too. I was very introverted in school. And so I think yeah. they would be shocked to know that I'm on a podcast yeah. or doing speaking engagements. <laughs> They'd be like, really? That guy? We didn't even know he was in the classroom. Right. <laughs> That's so funny. What's one of your favorite books that you've read recently? Oh. So I actually, yeah, just finished one, which was like fascinating. It's called The Powerful Engagement by uh, Jim Ler and Tony Schwartz. And actually, they they talk about the different levels of energy that we have, the four levels of energy. And we get to have those energy levels somehow in alignment for us to be operating at full potential, to be skillful both at the individual level at the organizational level and for people to be fully engaged to be fully engaged you you must be physically energized emotionally connected mentally focused and spiritually aligned so those four dimensions and it's funny because yeah like especially during this pandemic you know and the lack of connection i mean i'm an extrovert and i need connection and there are some days where i feel that my energy levels are down and i know it's because you know there isn't like an alignment that's happening at a hundred percent and the more aware we are about our energy levels and how to tweak them i mean the better you feel the more you achieve and Yes, and I guess you can even keep using the Pareto rule, you know, the 80-20. You put 
20% effort to achieve 80% of what you need to do. So I love that. In in my session with my psychologist last night, he very much believes in in kind of Eastern medicine and, and philosophy. He was talking about energy and he asked me the question, he goes, do you believe ideas, thoughts, emotions actually have physical energy? And it really got me thinking like, absolutely they do. And they cause vibrations, you know, in terms of, of, of who we are and who we attract and how we interact with other people. And so I love that you shared some pieces there about energy in that book. Yeah, That'll yes. be a great resource for people. Yes. How about a word of the year? Do you have a, a word of the year for 2022? Yes, this year. This year, it's about expansion. So my my goal for this year is to expand my horizon to new possibilities, both at the personal level, the professional level. And I want to expand beyond my comfort zone, right? I want to expand partnerships opportunities, you know, like the one we're having right here. And yes, and I've been making like very intentional effort to develop those partnerships and expand. Yeah. So I love it. Yes. And then the the last lightning round question, a year from now, what do you think will be the topic that we're talking about together? There's something that's in the back of my mind. And a lot of people have been asking me and encouraging me. It's going to be my book, Jason. And I think, can you please hold me accountable? (laughs) Absolutely. Anything I can do to help. I'm excited. What's your book about? My book is about my journey. It's about, yeah, people challenges, you know, executives challenges, going through transition. And I'm going to put all the things I have learned, the things I'm still learning. And, you know, I actually was listening to Jim Quick recently. He was sharing some recommendations on how to smash procrastination, right? And I think I've been procrastinating a little bit to write my book and he said you know when you start something just break things down into manageable chunks and i will commit to writing one paragraph a day or two sentences a day how about that so there you go absolutely i'm trying to work on a book as well and without an accountability partner i'm just kind of floundering around lumina so anything i can do to help i'm happy so here we go we can hold each other accountable and you know it's super important right absolutely yeah okay great perfect well lumina this has been fascinating before we let you go what are some ways that people can get in touch with you oh i'm on linkedin lumina raji okay I love connecting to people all the time. Connect with me. And if you need support or have any questions, don't hesitate to connect with me. Yeah. And then my website is advancesconsulting.com. And uh, yeah, always for expanding my network. Perfect. Well, we thank you for joining Googleization Nation today and sharing your expertise and insights with us. And we hope that you'll come back again in the future. And that way we can talk about your book too, when it's ready. Thank you so much for inviting me and uh, considering the discussion with me. I'm very flattered. Thank you so much, Jason. Thank you. Thank you, Lubna. Thank you. So Googleization Nation, there you have it from one of the the leading experts in the world on helping executives and, and high achievers with career transitions. And like we started the show, let's be honest, a lot of people are thinking about that right now. We talk about on this show how people are asking existential questions like, who am I? They're thinking about their mortality. 
what kind of legacy and impact they want to have, what kind of a parent they're being, what kind of a spouse they're being. And work impacts those things now more than ever since those lines have become blurred. And so certainly encourage you to check out Lubna's work at advancesconsulting.com. You certainly heard some snippets today, but check out her website and give her a follow on LinkedIn also. She has tremendous content that she puts out that is very helpful. A couple things as we get ready to wrap up here that we want to make you aware of. The first one is that Ira has a free 30-day growth mindset coaching experience, completely free um, to sign up. And the website, we have it scrolling across the, the banner at the bottom. But if you go to rebrand.ly forward slash mindset beta, you can be one of the beta testers for this 30-day growth mindset coaching experience that's around growth mindset. And it's through the AQ plus AQAI adaptability pieces that Ira is a guru in and is helping people with. So certainly encourage you to sign up for that if you're interested. And something else on March 29th, here in just a few weeks, I'm going to be putting on Kickstarter event, 45 minutes, how to squash burnout and how to create places of mental wellness in the workplace. So I'm going to give it to you through the business leader lens, but also the psychologist lens of how we need to start creating certain organizational structures to really help prevent and address burnout and make sure that we're helping our people with their mental health and mental wellness. And in order to, uh, to sign up for that, it's a completely free event, doing it through LinkedIn. You can go to attend.zoho.com forward slash 9J65. And we've got that banner on the, the program as well here. Well, that does it for this week's episode. Ira will be back with us next week. So we'll look forward to seeing him then. Want to thank you, our listeners, Googleization Nation, for tuning in as always. If you haven't subscribed on your favorite podcast platform, we'd love for you to do so. And then also, if you're willing, please leave us a review. We'd love that as well. And it's always free to join GoogleizationNation.com to stay in the loop with latest events and offers and things that we're sending your way. And so thank you for being a part of Googleization Nation. And until next time, don't let the shift hit your plans.